0: your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learn My friends Elegance is learned Oh yeah Money can't buy your class
1: devoted listeners uh i'm phoebe and this is gemma and this is money can't buy you class a podcast about reality television through a critical lens today gemma and i are extremely excited to have nomi fry staff writer at the new yorker lives in brooklyn Um, (laughs) i'm so bad with like making my sentences like work Um, So anyway, we have we have the the wonderful Nomi Fry, the wonderful brilliant Nomi Fry um <laughs> on our podcast today to talk about all things reality television. So, welcome. Hi guys.
2: <laughs> thank you. Thank you for thank you for having me. Thank you for this lovely introduction. Yes, welcome Nomi. We're, we've been very um
3: validated by your New Yorker writing that relates to you know, the lowbrow culture that we love to roll around in. Yes,
2: yes. It's nice like, to have
3: somebody out there doing the work of public. Like doing like, the
2: work for us. <laughs> like pigs and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah
3: definitely. definitely. Um, well, before we actually just started recording, we were about to start talking about, we are talking about Selling Sunset and the the new announcement that there's a new show going to be made about the agency, which is Maurizio umansky uh, sexy husband of Kyle Richards real estate agency that will now be have its own Netflix show.
2: Yes, uh, and it's really <clears throat> it's really exciting because I think first of all I can't get enough of these like LA real estate shows in general. So it's like the more for me the more the merrier. Like yeah. it's it's like you know we have we have like million dollar listing, we have of course selling sunset. Um, And now we're going to have the agency with Mauricio. And I I think it's going to be interesting because Mauricio's role, as we all, you know, we've grown to know and love him over the past decade or so, right? How long has it been? Yeah, maybe a little bit over. It's been about 10 years. And um, he has been the consistently... Um, relaxed <laughs> even too relaxed at times uh, husband of the much more high-strung Kyle Richards mm-hmm. and so he's he's kind of like it's, it's kind of the thing where like you know when you're like a guest on a or, or like a part-time housewife right mm-hmm. and so you can you get to come in and be this like Kathy Hilton like right. last season right mm-hmm. where you get to go in and out like you might like instigate something and you know whatever it also sort of depends who you are but in general you don't need to really get your hands too dirty right right, right? because you don't need to be on camera as much and you can be a, just sort of like a helpmate. Mm-hmm. and I think Mauricio is the same thing where it's like you know, he can just get to waltz in and out and be like stoned and make a joke (laughs) or be like, you look beautiful, honey, you know, or something like sucking up to his wife and then like goes off and does God knows what, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm excited
3: for it also because it's got the, like the best, you know, I feel like this is happening more and more lately, or maybe I'm just attuned to it. I can't tell, but I feel like the reality universe, the metaverse is, uh, Mm-hmm. Is having a lot more crossover. I don't know if it's just because yes. like certain shows are just more popular and they're the, the mm-hmm. long lasting ones. So like, I love a, I can't even really describe why, but I'm just very excited when the reality worlds intersect. Me so too. like, I love
2: that. Well, you know, first of all, it's just similarly to how um, Vanderpump was the backdoor pilot for Beverly Hills. Uh, the Real house of Beverly Hills through Sheena cheating with Eddie Cibrian, yeah. you know, yeah. and then apologizing to Brandy. And then it moved on to the world of the hostesses and, you know, waiters yeah. and bartenders of Vanderpump. But it's like, y- you kind of are like, wait, there's this whole intersecting, you know, it's like when you, it's like when you go on Instagram and you see someone tag, like you realize yeah. People who know each other that are like beyond, you know, the discrete social circle, or or you know, where it's like, oh yeah, of course they dated in college, you mm-hmm. know, like or or something. And it gives you a kind of like satisfying sense of um a larger canvas or something. I, I totally agree with you. I love when that happens, you know, when when you see one character appearing and i used to love that too with like you know non-reality shows when mm-hmm. i was younger you know like when you would like okay a very very old example you guys are too young for this i might even be slightly i feel like it was maybe slightly before my time but i remember this like maybe in reruns um happy days and laverne and shirley had a crossover episode because it was both both of these shows happened in milwaukee Oh. And that just oh my remembered God. there was like a double date situation, if I'm not mistaken. Like suddenly, like Laverne and Shirley were in unhappy days, like, and they <laughs> like went on a date with like I'm 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 mangling this a little bit, but it's like there's always it's always exciting to have these worlds yeah. like open up because it makes right. it more real. I think, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And it also, like, makes you feel, like, validated. You know, like, I'm always just, like, I'm always just, like, oh, right, like, of course there needs to be that connection. And yeah. you always kind of, like, assume it. Like, it's almost like a gut feeling. So to have, it's also, like, to be validated that these are real people. Yeah Who have, like, real connections that's not just in the universe of the show. Totally. I think that actually it's so funny because, like, you just brought up like a, a, like a, like a fictional show, like a sitcom mm-hmm. or whatever. I think my favorite or one of my favorites is on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. When that happens, like I love the mixture of yeah.
2: like
1: the real people. like yes, yes, themselves, yes. Then, then yeah. like real people playing characters that they play yes. at other shows. But then yeah, like completely, like Bill Hader was like, played yeah. like five different like Armenian men or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, hilarious. yeah. So they're all kind of like playing different parts of iterations of themselves. So yeah, I think that that's like, it's very satisfying Yeah, Um, thing because it's also like you're in the know, like you're you're in on like the inside joke.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's even like more interesting. I wonder how it's going to work because it's interesting from the platform perspective. So obviously, Housewives is on Bravo, and then the agency I think is good. It's a Netflix, it's a Netflix show. Oh wow! So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, like who gets featured exactly. Like, obviously, Kyle will be featured, but but then, like, will other, like, will Mauricio suddenly find a home for, like, Sutton or something? You know what I mean? Like, right. will well, the characters so cross
3: platforms?
1: Well, it's like how I always thought that Kyle just had, like, a hold on Bravo because even Halloween, like, or Halloween Kills or whatever, oh. that came out on Peacock. Like, that was, oh. like, you know, like, I think that Kyle... What
2: does she have on them? <laughs> I, I would like to know how truly powerful these these people are like it's interesting because if we dive into housewives for a second Mm -hmm. it's like on the one hand okay so it used to be lisa vanderpump was obviously for many many seasons the queen bee she was like really rich you know like truly rich apparently again not totally clear how like i feel like there's a lot of like sort of I've always heard all sorts of rumors about kind of like alleged underhanded businesses that like, oh, yeah. like th- it can be from these restaurants, you know yeah. what I mean? Like well, this I kind think, of money okay. is sort of like arm dealing money, you know what I mean? Or or like, whatever, not, you know. Um, so she was the queen bee. Then, you know, she was the main character. Then she obviously left be- because she couldn't stand not to be, you know, she she, she always had to be right. Right. Mm-hmm. So she then she left. She couldn't take it. And so now in some ways, like, well, obviously, Kathy is, I think, probably the richest. I mean, I'm not talking about this season with Diana. Um, But Kyle (laughs) is like the main, the main, main character who's kind of like, you know, solidly very rich, seemingly and and connected and, uh, and seems like the anchor of the show. Right. But then you see her on this season, like the whole situation with Diana, you see that she is in some ways because, because of the real estate thing, she's still part of the service class, right? Because, because Mauricio, you know, he needs, like, they need clients, right? Like they need clients for the agency. So I think the claim is that her sucking up to Diana and taking her side over Sutton's, which was so blatant and unjustified, like crazy to me. Um, is because she needs to sort of it's she's still of a class that needs to play nice mm. she, she's not it's not like she's an oil woman you know what i mean it's right. not like she has a resource her her uh, their ability to sort of like deal in these resources is still reliant on like connections to even richer people yeah
1: well yeah Kyle's- like diana yeah right and Kyle's currency has always been social right and that's yeah, even yeah. like her and Mauricio like they're they are a power couple but it's almost like it's very um it's not hush hush but it's it's um like almost like it's very intricate how they play that relationship because like he makes the money and he is the agency but she kind of like butters up all the clients by pretending to be one of them but yeah. also doing, yes. doing the work and like you know it's like quote unquote unpaid labor but it yeah but she's being paid emotionally you know exactly (laughs) but we even saw that with like kyle and lisa vanderpump where it's like obviously like she was selling houses to lisa but then she took dorit's side because i think that she you know in the court of public opinion or whatever you want to call it that gets her even more clients you know because that was a very interesting break because you would think that she wouldn't ever want to do that but then like what was she balancing
3: i think kyle is extremely socially like savvy and i think like I think Kyle's like currency is the most interesting because like, as you're saying it's social, as you're saying, it's like, she's like part of this like service class still. But I also think Kyle is like maybe like the most, obviously the one who's like whole fame and like current thing rests on the show. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like how she's like built her like you know, the agency show would never happen without that. Like she's, She's clearly like, and I don't, I don't, I don't think she's quite like a Kris Jenner type, but you know, she's like, clearly Alexia is going to be featured a lot on the show. Like Farrah's going to be, Farrah yeah. just got, just Farrah just got married. I think, I think now that the Hiltons are back in the public, they're going to play that up, you know? And I think the agency in, in just like a small tangent is an interesting idea too, because it was very much formed in opposition to the Hilton mm-hmm. real estate. You know, Delton and Highland. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Mauricio, Maurizio, you know, pivoted away from that. And Kyle also, you know, has a it's unclear that like Phoebe and I read House of Hilton, which was like this like, Oh, really I
2: read that too. I read that so crazy too, with like Big Cassie and all yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I read it like, Easy. you know, like a decade ago or something. Right. But but yes. Yeah,
3: yeah. And so like that was like really interesting, kind of like insight into who Kyle really is and like. I think Kyle is like somebody who's like, I think she's come out the like the most normal, I guess, but she's like totally yeah. like from this, like really, really, like she's not really from a world that like many people are from. Like she's from like a psychotic, like abusive stage mother, really. Yeah. Like who married to like five billionaires, you know? And like, yeah, anyway, I think like that veered off a little bit, but I do think that's like, uh, I do think Kyle like is an interesting character. I think she's such a force because of those like, small details
2: yeah and she she kind of is a combination of like weakness and strength you know because like she constantly talks you know she cries a lot like she she constantly she cries a lot she's like very she's clearly like traumatized by certain things she has like a lot of anxiety she's like traumatized by her mother's death she's traumatized by like you know having to sort of like take care of kim she's traumatized by like kathy you know bringing her in and bring her bringing her out as like the Mm -hmm. more powerful sister um and she's clearly also I mean I don't know we don't know what the truth is but I I do think she's kind of like a good mother like I feel like like I feel like her it always struck me that her feelings towards her children seem sincere yeah I agree like I feel like she is into sort of having a brood and you know, kind of, like, I do believe her on that, um, the ch- that the family is important to her and her children are important to her in a way, for instance, that I don't, like, the relationship between Lisa Rinna and the daughters chills my horrible. fucking blood. It's, <laughs> like, horrible. awful. Because it's, like, so weirdly detached and business-like, you yeah. know, just, like, everything. I mean, and I sort of, like, I'm charmed by Rina. sometimes. I'm not totally, yeah. like, a hater, but, like, the way she talks about her girls... And clearly the way she's brought them up, I mean, they're so fucked. Like, something is wrong there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Kyle's children also seem to like her.
1: Like, yeah. They're also good kids, you know what I mean? They seem like, pretty
2: like, good kids. Like, they like went they to college, seem... they
1: don't do drugs, they're, yeah. like, getting married to, like, boring rich guys. Like, whatever, yeah. they're fine.
2: Yeah, they're, like, boring. They're, like, yeah. boring, uh, you know, surely have their own issues, but, like, not nothing super extreme, it seems. Yeah, Whereas, like, Rinna's kids out, but... are, like, sort of, like, it's something like, like, Brooke Shields' mom or something, and her, and Brooke Shields, you know what I mean? It's, like, sort of, like, it feels like a kind of, I mean, this is a strong term, but it kind of, like, pimping out or something, or it kind yeah. of, like, you is know, it? oh, like, yeah, I'm going to just throw you to the wolves. Yeah. And yeah. you go, you sink or swim, baby, because I'm not giving you a cent, you know, and it's, like, right. why aren't you giving them a cent? Yeah. <laughs> you know i'm like clearly you have money so why are you forcing them to like cavort around and they're like fucking underwear at like 16 to no. like sing for yeah. their supper like why like why don't you just like give them money for college give them money have them go to the fucking new school or wherever you know yeah like and have them be like idiots at nyu or i don't know where but just like and they can be no, but no. Now they're like they have to be like fucking strippers at like night. 19- yeah, and be like I strippers, mean, but you know what I mean. Like and be like, like a what, voice. What reason
3: for anorexia? Like, but then
2: still an be anorexic. anorexic. And like, what? What? Sorry, right. I'm reaching over for my coffee. What kind of reason is there for this? Right. No, I also think so that's a, that's a current. Oh,
3: sorry. Coffee. I just think really quickly. Like that's a currency too in housewife land is what kind of mother you are. And there's mm-hmm. obviously a lot of, like, fakeness around that and, like, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, performance and a lot of, like, posturing. But I think mm-hmm. that that's another reason Kyle's been so successful. And that's why Maurizio gets to the show because they do appear to be pretty good parents. And, like, Maurizio is, like... wholesome.
2: They're pretty wholesome. And Maurizio is, like...
3: I find Maurizio interesting because I think he's, like... I obviously think he's, like, very... I think he's very sexy. Like, I like that he's, like this like kind of Latino Jewish guy. Like I'm really into that. Like, But like, I also feel like he's, um, he's kind of just like got this like dream dad energy to him. Like on totally. the show. But like, even, like, a I great feel dad, like, you know.
2: The first few seasons, I hated him. Mm. Like, because mm. I felt like he was kind of entering, still entering the role, you know. I mean, he's he's not the Mauricio we know now, who's kind of like looser and like smokes weed and <laughs> is like makes weird jokes. Like his role there was to be, which it still is, is to be like, you look great, honey, you know, like, and, yeah. you know, to kiss her and be like, oh, whatever, like after the guests are, you know, like the, the hot sex husband or whatever. But it's it seemed like the first few seasons it was harder for me to buy. I think he was like a little stiffer with it. And I remember like tweeting maybe in like twenty fourteen or something, like I hate Mauricio's false smile or something. <laughs> because it's it seemed like it was like a really like um like it didn't I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. But yeah. little by little and similar and interestingly, which 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 speaks also to maybe how much time we've spent with these people and how they've grown on us. And of course it depends on the edit and all of that. But right. but like just as characters purely, I feel similarly with Dorit and PK. Same,
1: same. That I, know, hated yeah.
2: no, I, I hated them. I hated them. And now I kind of love, them. like I feel, I yeah. mean, they're awful, but like I also feel very warmly towards them. And maybe it's also... Interestingly, this is all about the Jews on the show. I was just which, gonna uh, say
1: it's the Jews. It's I was gonna say it's the Jews that always start off stiff yeah. and warm your heart, and then you yeah, like, it want really to go over for warms Shabbat. my
2: heart. And and yeah. and you know, so so like I so they've really both Mauricio and them have really grown on me because it's like family values. It's like you know, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> again, this is all like very in a very skewed way, like it's not like true, fa- but but it's like, but relatively speaking, if you think about it vis-a-vis the sort of like scary sort of goyishness of like Elisa Renna or mm-hmm. like, um, or, you know, obviously Diana, or even Sutton who I kind of like, you know, um, yeah. but I mean, she's, you know, is, then it sort of like warms my heart and I'm like, oh, these people are growing on me. They do seem to like, I don't know, at least they they, they, they perform caring about family and caring about, like, other people, like, a little bit better than the other ones, maybe? Mm-hmm. I've always had a thing and, for, like, Jill Zarin, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so Mauricio, yes, I hated him. Now I I like him. I don't totally trust him. And I think the move to a show of his own will be interesting. Obviously, he'll get, like, a good edit because it's his show. So they're not going to make him the villain. Right. You know, I'm sure. But I think it might be a little bit harder to maintain, maybe a little bit harder to maintain the sort of like chill dad energy yeah. that he plays.
1: With Netflix, I think that you see with the, with Selling Sunset, the twins, mm. actually, they're treated very well, even though they're obviously like mischievous, and kind of horrible, <laughs> right, and insane. Mm. But they're treated with a lot of respect by the crew because it's their show. So I actually think that, maybe it's maybe it's even like the netflix decision where netflix is not going to turn against the boss or it's maybe easier if you're paying for the show for it yeah. to be more generous towards you in the position mm-hmm. of power
3: mm-hmm. i feel really like bravo point. gets in the muck a little more like bravo's yeah. edits will be yeah. like they like i feel like bravo you get the sense Yeah, that's actually interesting. We never talked about this. We've been interested in talking about, like, the net, like, different networks and, like, the reality spheres on different Mm -hmm. networks because that Mm -hmm, feels, like, much mm -hmm. more present with Netflix stuff right now and, like, Peacock. But, you know, like, it feels like Bravo is very much, it's much more clear the relationship, like, you work for us, like, the housewives, like, work for Bravo. Like, yes, Andy is, like, I'm the boss here and, like, I will show you any way I want. And like, I will talk about you any way I want. I will put you on Watch What (laughs) Happens Live with anybody I want. Like Netflix is definitely a little more like, which maybe leads to why Netflix feels like it's just harder. It doesn't feel like the classic structure for that reason.
2: Yeah. It feels much more self-contained and feels much more removed. Like obviously both on both platforms or, you know, networks, like it's, it, there's a span of time happening between when the show is shot and the things actually happen then the edit right. and then it, the the show airs so in both cases it's a kind of like time capsule in a sense but I yeah. feel like with the Netflix shows it seems like there's more finality like it's like it's a kind of like a sealed sealed chamber yeah <laughs> if you yeah. will, that's like kind of like you know, it feels more scripted in advance, like this is gonna be the arc of the season. I mean, I'm sure in both cases, there's a, a certain expectation of like, what's gonna play out and, and you know, and where things should be, how things should be produced uh, to reach a certain, you know, certain pl- potential plot points. But the Netflix, I mean, if we're thinking about Selling Sunset, as an example, I mean, it's extremely scripted, you know, there yeah. there might be moments there's probably moments of reality in there but the beats i think are pre prearranged mm-hmm. you know um and with the housewives I, which which i love in a certain way like i can i can see it's not like i don't enjoy it like it, it's it's sort of like you can watch it as it's like a kind of a wax museum,
0: mm-hmm.
2: sort of, you know, but with the housewives, I feel like there's so much more blood. Like it's really, even though it's obviously produced as well, you know. Um, a lot more human. It's real. Like it's really real. Like even if things are, even if they're produced, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, why don't you ask her about this? You know, even if they're kind of directed.
1: Right. Well, there's some emotion. You can see that, like the reaction, like you and you can see it in their face that they're having a real reaction to something. Yeah. Like, even like um like the whole thing with Garcelle and Erica this season, where Erica gets like really drunk and like it acts so inappropriately to Garcelle's sons. Yeah. Like yeah. you can see like that whole tension in that moment of everyone. First of all, figuring out what's going on because they, yeah. they have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Jerry literally putting her body on top of Erica. Yeah. Crystal escorting the sun out, being like, "It's okay, baby. She didn't mean yeah. that." And then you know all of that, and I think that that's like that's that's like very indicative um of of like what real housewives is, is this a show it's it's like a show about like those real moments of reaction even yeah if like the interaction or even if they're all put in the same totally, like this, totally. but you don't really know what's going to yeah you don't it's, it's just kind of like an experiment and what if we put you here and you say totally. exactly what's on your mind but you have no idea how it's going to go down
2: Totally. And that's why that's what makes it so amazing. And, and you know, and sometimes so this is on a kind of micro level. And sometimes it happens on a macro level, which is quite rare, because it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's not that rare, I guess, but it's hard to like, for a group. I mean, it's not that often that there's like, a, I mean, It happened obviously with Erica where suddenly Mr. Girardi was revealed as like a fraudster, you know, that's a huge plot point that has affected everything in its wake and like, did she know, did she not know, like, what did you hear before about Mr. Girardi, did he know, did you know that he was actually, you know, bilking like widows and orphans, etc, etc. or just now the rumors about like Diana and her connection to Epstein and oh, yeah. you know all of that like who knows i mean i'm i'm dying i'm dying for shit to go down with that you know i i hope yeah. so she's probably too rich for anything to hit the fan but i would love if anything around that was actually revealed you know that's like my dream for like 2023 but <laughs> but you know i'm thinking about a smaller thing like on Va- season 2 of Vanderpump rules best season in reality television also which is which in which it is revealed in real time i mean real time not real time but but um the group learns with the viewer along with you know the cameras that jacks and um and kristen had sex which is I'm still. I still get unrivaled. chills when I think. About I get it. chills. It's unrivaled. It's so no. Good. It's,
1: it's that's literally. It is. I. I do think, and I've watched a lot of reality television. <laughs> that season. I go Best. back to that season because it is unbelievable <laughs> how that happens. And it unfolds and they are layers and they are and they're lying,
2: And they're lying. Like oh Kristen is like, god. never. Are you kidding me? Like I, I wouldn't know the text me when
1: foot... Stassi goes over. Yeah, yeah. That's the scene when Stassi oh. goes over and she's like, give me your
3: phone. Yay. I would oh my god! I mean, a 10-foot pole. It also feels like in that moment, like the crew is also learning about it. Like it just feels like maybe I
2: should rewatch it. I feel like
1: it's really good. Once you know what's going to happen, it almost makes it better because it's, it's, it's almost, I mean, like, I don't want to be this person, but it's almost like watching Vertigo again and again and again, (laughs) because you realize that like, even though, you know, the plot twist, you know, what's going to happen, you know, it's the last 20 minutes, just understanding how you get so fooled, and understanding like your relationship to um, to being fooled as the protagonist, who are you in this thing? It's they're very similar to me because it's like you start to just like look at the architecture of of, yeah. of the plot or the narrative and how it, yeah. right. Who knows? Who doesn't know? Who made this? Who didn't make it? Like what the fuck happened? Um, yeah. No, it's it's really great. No,
2: it's amazing. And also, it's it's both like incomprehensible and completely understandable, right? Because yeah. you're like. Mm-hmm at at this at the same time simultaneously you're like how could she have done this and how could she have lied and this is such a huge lie and it's all on camera and this is like yeah. what a betrayal and it's like but on the other hand it's so normal you know this right. sort of thing yeah. like surely happens every day right where there's like a secret you think it'll never be revealed you know um and you people are friends like in a friend group in close proximity. They're like drunk or whatever things happen. But then it's like things like hit the fan like years later. And then it's on (laughs) when it's on reality TV. Yeah.
3: I mean, that's like that season, I think too, is so compelling because it like really puts like the, the like role of the camera or the role of the reality TV production, like kind of seamlessly like enters the interpersonal dynamics and like Mm -hmm. is something that like, in the future i feel like it, it's like the thing that all reality tv shows are like waiting to happen like like there's that meme, yes Yeah. like that meme of like uh like bravo producer saying like i need andy and a camera it's like yeah it's like that like everyone's waiting for a moment to like to watch reality actually unfold or like yeah or see something and that's why i think is like so like i feel like that opportunity has like gone way way down with like the success of like the Housewives franchise and I know you haven't watched yet but I do highly recommend like that's why Real Housewives
2: People have told me it's great. Girl's Trip It's
3: fantastic. It's It's actually So can you
2: tell me about it a little bit like what's good about it? I mean I know generally the participants and stuff but I don't know.
3: I mean my impression like, like I was saying like my impression is that like because because there's like such a blueprint and like you know like Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is like they kind of
2: know what that, they're that's another to- like incredible by the way obviously event in real life oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. we have to. Yeah. once we, we, in a we lifetime will, we will circle back um
1: yeah and a <laughs> <but>, camera
3: <laughs> um but like the like you know like I kind of feel like it's this kind of it's really good because it actually allows because you're like shaking up the interpersonal dynamics but it's with people it's 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 kind of like it's a show that's catered to like a super fan but it, mm-hmm. it but it also like brings you back. It brings me back to the feelings of like when I first started watching new seasons where you get invested in the emotions, you get invested in mm-hmm. the kind of like interpersonal dynamics. And I feel like the the fact that we know them already and we kind of know what their tendencies might be to see those mm-hmm. in a new environment and to see them play out in diff in either ways that are different or ways that are expected is very fulfilling as a fan. And I think it's also Uh like kind of unexpected. And I think particularly the second season is really, really, really good because that's what people have have been
2: saying. And Phoebe and I
3: started talking about this a little bit like in our last episode, but you know, we, it's this, this premise is that it's the ex-wives club. It's all, it's all, it's all housewives who have been fired. So they're all kind of villains oh. or they're kind of like, or they were like misconstrued and they, they all have their own narratives about that. Or they but, voted for Trump. Yeah. You know, like with, like, with Vicky. Yeah, right. like, so that, like oh yeah, yeah, So because yeah. of yeah. that, because of that, you are curious, like their arc was kind of cut short or you're curious like what they're up to now. And they're all- like, I'm always all interested in brandy. Stories.
2: Yeah. yeah Yeah. I mean one of the darker one of the darker housewives
3: dark yeah Yeah. it's it's very and like Dorinda is dark and like so unwell and like such a villain and a menace and like you know it's kind of but the show ends you know the show ends and you kind of realize like the we just watched the finale and you just kind of I got the sense that it was just really about like it was sort of about like like healing or like kind of like re- like, like
2: redemption or something? Redemption
3: or? or also just like closure for them, like being able to say, like, I am still here. Like it, it had a yeah. lot of very charged, dark emotional tones to it, which I think is why. Where did
2: they go? Where, where was the trip to? Well,
1: this the second season is Bluestone Manor. So the second season, they're just completely sucked in to Dorinda's house in the Berkshires. In the birches. So
2: is it is it over? Is it done? They just, yeah, they yeah, it's they, like just, they just finished. finished. How we many episodes finished. is it?
1: Like seven. It's like a mini series.
2: Oh, so it's like pretty short. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What it, I mean, I like it because it's, as Gemma was saying, like it's a show about the show. And it's a show that really takes into account the humor of what reality, especially. So the first season is uh, the All Stars, right? And they all go to Turks and Caicos, everything's catered. Um, and it's, that's a show that's about the humor of what reality television is. And they, um, it's Hi about like, a joke. Yeah. Right. It's about the joke of being on reality television. It's about like, and it's like a wink to the audience. Like, oh, these women are so ridiculous. Like, look at them being ridiculous. But, you know, also they know too. Um, but then the second season, Ultimate Girls Trip, is there, they go to the Berkshires, to this house, which is kind of haunted in more ways than one. um
2: So is it Dorinda's house? Yeah, so oh, it's okay. her, like, yeah.
1: a
3: her house.
2: actual house where they call it the, where... the
3: Berserkers on Rony When they go there, they call it the. Also, P.S. My mom lives there, and I've been to every place they went. <laughs> oh wow! And Gemma's
2: sister
1: like works at some of the stores that like, they go to. <laughs> Or, like, not on the show, but like, she has, yeah. and it's yeah. like, it's it's, it's so fun. Because it's, like ridic- it's also just like, it's the Berkshires, like, right. You know, like, they're fucking mosquitoes out yeah, there. Yeah, it's not especially
2: luxurious or, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. But like, so, so they go to this place and, like, the Bluestone Manor has this horrible reputation on Real Housewives of New York because they always drink way too much, these yeah. huge fights, this horrible energy. So they're sending like recipe for disaster. All these women who were recently fired or fired like ten years ago, who like still hold on to it.
2: So it's Brandy, it's Vicky, it's Dorinda, yeah, yeah. Tamara. Tamra. Although Tamara is coming back now. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's kind I think like, Girls Trip. show
2: Girl sealed she was that. So
1: good. Tamara was excellent. Yeah, in this another and another absolutely horrible tell, person. I don't know anything about. I mean, I believe it, but this is my introduction to Tamara. You haven't watched OC? No, I, that's my no, next project. I, then it's Taylor Eva? Armstrong.
2: Oh, Taylor! It's all really dark.
1: No, it's horror. No, and Eva, who also has a history of physical abuse, even the
2: diva. And from Atlanta. From Atlanta. In- from Atlanta but she also is a it's she's is she not the one I've never watched Atlanta but is she not the one who was on am I getting this wrong was she the one who was on um America's Next Top Model yeah yeah Yeah. no no
3: oh yeah she was yeah yeah oh yeah yeah she that's I remember
2: her from that which it was like she was on like the third yeah she was like like, a big something like, like, like early star of that show and then yeah, it was Europe, like 2005 or something I so we were
3: talking a little bit about um like the kind of like the wax figure style show like Selling Sunset versus the mm-hmm. like emotional show real emotional yeah show of Beverly Hills mm-hmm. and I have I've been struck by like this season of Beverly Hills like I mean, I feel like all the seasons are having, like, have, like, a laser focus on them right now, like, because, like, again, because, like, everyone's so used to them. And, like, Diana, people are really feeling like Diana is flopping. And I feel like
2: her... Oh, flopping?
3: Really? Yeah, that people, like, think, like, she's, like, they're, like, overplaying it and that she's, like, actually, like, Mm -hmm. not interesting at all. But, like, I think her conflict with Sutton, like, thinking about it now, like, actually, to me, really exemplifies that because Diana feels like she's coming from, like, she's because of the show, like they have to like kind of take into account, like what else is popular. Like I feel like Diana kind of represents selling sunset energy and Sutton. I think part oh, of the reason you think? Sutton is so good is because Sutton is like she's really like really emotionally reactive and very much yeah. like real in the moment. And I think like yeah. Diana is like Diana is again aware of herself as a housewife and aware of herself in this role. Yeah. And it just like it's not sitting well with the viewer because they're like no this isn't this isn't the bat like you're supposed to be doing something more you know
2: yeah yeah I think also it has like she has like billionaire energy she thinks she's above the other ones and so but she's still on the show so if you're on the show you gotta play but to me that's interesting to me that's interesting to me that also represents something so yeah so she's not she's not going to cry you know but to me it's interesting that she is sees herself as so above like she has such um shamelessness yeah. like the way she responded to Sutton was so absolutely cruel like insanely yeah. and i was like are you who do you think you are you know but it's exactly that kind of energy that she thinks befits her status yeah you know uh because she because she has so much money you know right. and she's disgusting she's absolutely she's disgusting yeah. um i can't stand her because of that yeah, yeah. no she's, she's i think she's evil
1: yeah Well, she's one of those people that I'm also like, why did you go on the show? Right? Like I think that there's something going on in her life. What's the motive? Right, because it's like, you don't go on the show if you like are happily engaged to a hot 22 year old and have a Brazilian. Oh my God. Well, Gemma and I have been talking a lot about the the gay husbands, the young
2: gay husbands. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, the gay, the young gay husbands. Wait, who else? Uh, Sergio, so du- yeah, Dubai oh, oh, right Sergio. oh we need to Ser- talk about Dubai yeah, yeah we talked about have- Dubai Though so I've only I have to say because of the aforementioned because of my husband who's not gay <laughs> <laughs> is
3: he
1: 22 though
2: he's
1: not, <laughs> no, he's
2: no. not 22 <laughs> he's not 22 also nothing wrong with a gay husband. Nothing I just wanna, to be clear. <laughs> to be clear. I'm
1: not judging. I just I simply observe. Yeah. I simply observe. I do not judge. Um, I'd be happily married to a gay yeah, husband. Yeah, yeah,
2: honestly and you know, we all have many proclivities within us, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and even if you're nominally nomin- nominally not gay, you know, you're still probably gay. But I no judgment. Uh, no judgment but because of my husband I've only been able to I've watched two episodes of Dubai as of yet and I'm 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 catching up but like so I know all the characters but I'm not totally up on the conflicts yeah but it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because because these women I guess you know they want to feel vital Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously you can see it and they're like unending attempts to, you know, remain as fresh, you know, freshly done as, as possible. And, um, and they, that's part of it, I guess. I,
3: yeah. I mean, I'm kind of struck by like, I mean, it seems to that like, it, 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 it gives something very meaningful to both parties, like the, like, you know, these kind of like effeminate sort of men or these, they, they're clearly like metro.
2: Like, they're metrosexuals.
3: Metrosexual men, like <laughs> I mean, every it's no secret that like the Real Housewives like is like a big currency in like gay culture. Like gay men love the yeah. Real Housewives, so it's kind of interesting yeah. when the gay man like marries the housewife. It's like that, like that's, that's kind of really like
2: peak performance,
3: and like and and I think maybe there's a there's a bit of like um like mirroring, like maybe it's like they get to be like the housewife, yes. or they get to dress the housewife, they get to yeah, you know toed around with the housewife they get to be a part of that life um and then the housewife gets to be like worshipped by a fan you know I think that's kind of an interesting yes yes
2: yeah and the relations are quite clear in both cases at least it appears that way it's
1: so interesting though because you think about someone like Erica Jane or Erica Girardi Mm -hmm. who she's part of a generation or a generational mindset of marrying a much older man yes so I think that especially, like, all jokes aside, it's fascinating to see someone like Caroline Stanbury or Diana Jenkins ushering in a new, I guess, era or generation of women who use their power to date young hot men or how they don't find older hot men attractive anymore.
2: Yeah. You know? Mm. Well, it also has to do with money. Like, they already made their money from their past I mean, partly at least from their past relationships, right? With so, like
1: older men, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, so clearly, like her, you know, Diana's money comes from like her billionaire finance husband who like split his fortune with her. Yeah. Um, yeah. She came into the relationship with nothing. Happiest you know, and, divorce ever. <laughs> yeah. And then Caroline, I have heard her on a podcast and she claims that the money she has is not from her relationship with Chem, who, by the way, I discovered is Jewish. So that's why she's, she's Jewish. Jewish. I think that's, okay, Oh, she two converted?
1: Things.
2: No, okay, so two things. Somebody, Oh, okay, so the thing where she said suddenly that she was Jewish, which like shocked me into yeah. silence for like two hours. I was like, how is this possible? And where is this coming from?
1: I tweeted about it.
2: Oh yeah, me too. Yes, so I dove in, okay, Shem, I found a blog post <laughs> from some sort of like Jewish blog that interviewed Shem about the Jewish community and the Emirates, oh. and how, you know, it's the Emirates, of course, you, you, I mean, and, and, oh, it was something about how the new relationship with Israel is affecting the Jewish community, because, you know, obviously this is extremely recent, that Israelis are able to go to the Emirates and like, uh, you know, there's like two Jews in the Emirates and and like, if this is making a change and Cham said that as a, I believe he's Turkish, Mm. as a Turkish British Jew, he has been involved in efforts to like make a synagogue or something. I don't know. So, okay, so there's that. But another thing is that it turns out that, stanbury is in fact steinberg (gasps) and from her the paternal side um there's judaism in on that line as well so yeah so
1: boyification it's
2: it's absolutely shocking
3: that is shocking Um, yeah so
2: yeah so i guess i guess she is she is at least half jewish and right. then was married to a Jew, so perhaps that strengthened her ties to the Jewish faith. I don't know. So that was that was oh. absolutely amazing.
1: I mean, I'm a G- and like I'm like an, I grew up in New York, and like my mom grew up in New York, all Jews, like New- big New York Jews, and that's something I've always been super attracted to and interested in. Yeah, Housewives, which again is like I know, like Gemma and I have talked about this so much, but like because I grew up with mothers that were like the mothers on the housewives like my mom wasn't really like that for a variety of reasons but like I went to private school and like yeah those were all people in my yes. orbit yes it's fascinating to
2: and were they uh often Jewish i I,
1: I went to this high school called um i mean every private high school in new york is jewish but i went to
2: this high school called yeah. like,
1: ethical culture fieldston school
2: oh yeah um, i have friends who went there yeah yeah
1: so which was like ninety yeah. percent jews so i went to like fifty yeah it's yeah. fuzz but i was like unpopular
0: yes. yeah so i
1: only went to 50 um <laughs> But, no, it's just fascinating to like watch the, watch like the Jews in the different countries almost like the, I, I don't even know what I'm saying, but it's just like, I love watching the Jews because I automatically feel a sense of community and then I automatically totally. feel like a sense of like outsideness or weirdness or like, who are you? What does this mean? How are you seen as a Jew? Why did you have yeah. your hair? Why are you like doing totally. all this plastic surgery to take away from your gorgeous Jewish nose? Totally, but, <laughs> you
2: know. totally, totally. Yeah, I feel the exact same way it's not okay so it's only two episodes so i'm still confused about the characters a little bit yeah like i'm still not totally like sarah and nina sort of blend together for me yeah and then lisa and the other black woman i forget her name caroline brooks oh caroline brooks right yeah um you know these characters are not as of yet totally distinct to me you know as often happens like i feel like I remember I remember distinctly watching Laguna Beach when it mm. came out Great and uh, not being able to tell the characters apart in the first mm. few episodes like being like okay like there's you know because all all of them kind of look the same like all the blondes right. kind of look the same you know I was like low, LC you know it, it was like confusing to me. But as time went on, being like, how could I have ever mistaken one of them for the other? You know, they're so incredibly distinct, and so I, I think I think that often happens when you start watching yeah. a show and you're like, oh, okay, you all you all have brown hair, or like you know, whatever, like sure. oh, you, you're the same. But then, so I so and so obviously the characters that have emerged are Stanbury and Leon, yeah, um, who are the two very distinct characters, right? And then the other ones kind of blend together for me. They've just uh,
3: started. I just I watched I finished like the I finished it like where, where I'm like caught up and mm-hmm. they they like see, like episode five and six, something just switched for me because like for the first four episodes, I was like, I literally don't care about these people. Like, I don't feel right. like this is all kind of like fun and games. But like it like suddenly they like started to differentiate and like I start to see them and I'm like, oh, this is this is more getting more interesting yeah
2: yeah because I'm also interested like honestly in their story because it is like a weird strange community that's completely foreign to me like I've never been to Dubai you know like I don't know it's fascinating it seems fascinating but it also seems sort of like um communist China for me or something you know a place where like I mean, only recently even I was, I mean, now that Israel has, I mean, I have an American passport, but I also have an Israeli passport and I wouldn't have risked going there. I mean, not that I had a reason to go there, but had I been like, had the opportunity, I probably would have feared going there knowing that I do have an Israeli passport and that Israeli passport holders aren't allowed, even though I have an American passport, like I would be like, oh, will they know? And like, whatever, like arrest. I mean, who knows? So now- Theoretically, I can go, but it still has that feeling for me of like a completely different world behind like an iron curtain, even though, of course, a lot of people live there and go back and forth and have business mm-hmm. there and whatever. So so it, it is fascinating. I'm like, how do people live here? What is going on? You know, like what is yeah. like what does life look like? It's also like 200 degrees <laughs> outside. So you can't really be unless you're like, you know, you're doing slave labor as many people there are, you know, if you're like yeah. rich. You can't really be out and about too much, yeah. Um, and so I'm really interested, in, and I'm really interested also in just like the stories of what brought these people there, and like their husbands, for instance. Like, what are the money making schemes and scams that have brought these people to make this move? That is obviously lucrative to them in ways, yeah. you know. But it, because um, it, it, it's mostly an expat, you know, uh, yeah. country, and so. I think I would be really interested, but so far I'm like, who are these husbands? Like, who yeah. are these families? Like, what is happening exactly? Why are they there? I hope that sort of gets yeah. Well, one of them is bit. crypto.
1: Nina's yes. Nina's husband is crypto. Okay,
2: okay. That's, that's right. How,
1: and he's like, he I think he they're probably billionaires because they just spent ninety million dollars on a birthday party for someone, and it was like whatever.
3: Okay, so like Phoebe, what had been talking about this? Phoebe, I want I want you to talk about how you're feeling about like Dubai as this like as like a house. The first housewife franchise is like not distinctly American, you know, and like because because you were saying that it changes the yes. relationship between like money and like race and like all sorts. Yes, of, you know that's like what's very that's interesting. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh really no, for
1: sure. And they, of course, we've heard that they're they're thinking about doing a Real Housewives of Lagos in Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah no it's it's a whole different relationship to as Gemma just said it's a if you're in dubai if you're in the uaa which like completely different culture especially in the american or western imagination yeah like there we have such an idea about what it is and what it is not Mm -hmm. so even to see because there are i guess there's one white woman two like middle eastern Mm women, and then three and three black women. women yeah but the convert but like race is just tackled so much differently also because the three black women are from distinctly different places. One's
3: one's Jamaican and one's from Boston. Yeah.
1: And and especially Ayan who's Somalian, like they're they're all talking about Thanksgiving and she's just like, I've never understood Thanksgiving. Like we've had so many unwanted colonizers in Africa. Like it seems like a weird holiday. Yeah. And like you know, so I think that definitely like being like black and African is different than being like black totally. American, like from Newtown, Massachusetts, like yeah. Caroline Brooks is. So it's, or even like the Jewishness part of it, like yeah. that's a completely different conversation in the United States and in the UAE. Totally. Um, and also there are no like American white women on it because there's Caroline Stanbury and she's British. Yeah. I don't know. So there, there are all these different like relationships Um or or even like with the husbands too, because you always can kind of get a sense, especially at this point, like what a relationship is like, because you just know the Americanisms of what, of of how to tell if a relationship is working, how to tell if it isn't, what a stress is going to be about money or a certain price tag. But here it's like, there's a different, there's like a different, like idiomatic, understanding of like love and togetherness yeah. and like of like the pageantry of marriage or whatever. Yeah, that I think that that makes it very socially fascinating to watch and to latch onto because I I, I do not know what is happening because I'm not familiar with like totally how these, the, the convention works. Yeah, know exactly. yeah, mm-hmm, you're like mm-hmm. learning about a culture. Yeah, learning about through and on such a microcosmic level which is a very interesting way to learn about a place that's been designated with such a stamp of otherness
2: yeah that's a really that's a really good point but then of course it's clear i think to these women too that the lens that they're going to be viewed through is an american lens and so i think there is i mean even just the celebrating thanksgiving thing it's like why are they celebrating thanksgiving Like, I mean, of course, some of them have American, a couple of them have American connections. Yeah,
3: like, um, Nina, Nina is, like, Texan, is, like, from, like, a Lebanese immigrant community, and, like,
2: and then, like, Brooks is American. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's definitely the most
3: American, and, like,
1: but then Lisa, Lisa's Jamaican-American, so I think that she, I think that she, it seems like she grew up in the United States yeah. but has like but all of her family is in Jamaica or something. Yeah. In
3: terms of western like borrowing western um, kind of like tropes and stereotypes like Sarah Almadani I think is a very interesting character in that way because she is Emirati and she mm-hmm. is she's very. like the rebel right? She's like yeah. the rebel. She's like got divorced. Yeah. She has like a, like a son who she like is like she's always saying that like she like Arab men can't access their emotions she will not raise a son so she's actually much more like but she's having a but her kind of plot line is like she struggles with like how to mix the new and also there's this whole thing in Dubai of like this new world and so it's like the new world versus the old world so she's like she wants her son to learn how to eat on the floor and he's like 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 her parents her grandparents do and her parents do and her son her son's like I don't really like it like it's kind of like he's and it's like and then she also like she has I think she's pretty open about it, but all the other women are very like shady about it. like, she has like a great deal of plastic surgery and mm-hmm. she kind of looks at Kim Kardashian and like, you know, there's some, like, there's some, and and she's really borrowing like this very like LA hippie spiritual thing of being like, yeah, I'm, like alternative. Like I use like sage, like she's. And so, so she, yeah, she has as like an a Emirati, ring
2: or something or like a nose ring. Yeah. She yeah. like,
3: as an Emirati is like the most, the most kind of obviously like, Taking Western like mm-hmm. pieces and adding them to her character.
1: she also has that thing where like she's doing the photo shoot, remember? And she's like, oh yeah, all these Western magazines want to write about me because they have no idea what it means to be an Emirati woman. Yeah. So I think that like because she's like Emirati, like she uh she can understand or play with like the Western gaze. And I think that it really comes off to her advantage. You know yeah. which like yeah. the other woman, they don't play with it as much as she does because mm-hmm. i think perhaps they have yeah. more experience in western cultures because even ayan who's from somalia her husband's from idaho so you can imagine that she spent a lot of time
2: yeah like, and what that and also like she seems her she seems to have adopted like i mean again i've only watched the first two episodes so i don't know how it develops but she seems to definitely have adopted the language of like trauma and the sort of Americanized yeah. view of like, oh, this is trigger. like, you yeah. can't, when you say to me, you weren't invited, yeah. it triggers my trauma about my dad, like beating me or something yeah. wh- where it's like, okay, but act like, you know, you don't need right. to be a bitch about it, yeah. <laughs> no, <but laughs> you that's know? Also I mean, so I mean it's a harrowing story, but like, relax, like, yeah, right. you know, relax <laughs> with the trigger. No, but I
1: think that that's actually like, that's such a good point because, you know, you also, and again, like I haven't fully thought about this, so I I apologize if this comes off in a way that reflects that I haven't thought about it a lot, but the American... I guess part of the American image of a country like Somalia is kind of exactly the story that Ayan reports. Oh, I'm so poor. Oh, I had to marry my cousin. Right. Oh, my yes. dad has a million wives. You know, there are all these like, and it's again, it's not necessarily negative or positive. I think that she had a horrible, horribly negative experience with them. but yeah. also she seems like she was perfectly happy to marry her sexy cousin yeah. or whatever. But I think that it's almost like easier to encounter someone like Ayan because you're like, oh yes, you poor. Woman what? who was beaten by your horrible African father, who had a million wives and all the siblings, and like because it really tracks with the stories that we tell ourselves totally. about a country like Somalia. Yeah, and whereas I think it's it's actually more difficult to understand a woman like um, like uh, uh, Nina just because like that's that's like so totally not what you would expect out of like an Emirati woman. You totally. know, so I think that, that, that's why she becomes more more difficult where it's easier for Ion to be like, oh, like, I was this and now I have Western values. Yes. And I can just, like, use the language of triggering because people will also understand, like, oh, my dad beat me and now I am triggered. That's yeah. just, like, something that in our vocabulary is very simple to to be like, oh, okay, I get who you are as a person. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, totally, totally. Um, and the Dubai
3: thing is just interesting to me, like, in terms of, like, the direction of the housewives franchises and also just like the sort of like it feels somehow like it, it matter like like I feel like Salt Lake City is like it like everyone like loves it and it like is a good show and it has like a thing about it but like I don't really care about like Salt Lake city. Like I, like I feel like the housewives having franchises in cities is a huge, huge, huge part of the housewives. It's like you're watching like this little microcosm community or something. Mm -hmm. And like, it's all very specific to where they are. And like, it's edited differently. There's different production teams. Like it's all, it's important. And I feel like the Dubai, like, it's like, it's interesting. Like, I feel like it reminded me of like sex in the city. And two, when they go to Dubai and like the Dubai, the dubai like paid for that i don't know there's like this whole like it was like an ad for dubai being like Mm -hmm. we're open and this show is like an ad for dubai like they keep saying like they're like dubai is new it's the new world it's like the new american dream like the intro of the show is like is like the burj khalifa coming out of the sand in gold yeah like it's like this new desert land and it like feels very like it feels related to like i don't know like the future of like I don't know like I feel like people are talking about like uh, like climate change and like climate panic and like we're not going to be able to live in certain places like Dubai's probably going to be too hot but it feels like this like extra like this outside place that like is is yeah. the focus on that is interesting to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, no that's that's really interesting. I mean I I I you know there are certain I mean, there's the there's obviously the cities and then there's also the sort of like micro communities like I have suggested to Andy more than once. I mean, not that he cares, but I have when I have chance to meet him, uh, I have said to him, I think you really should do um, like a show about rich Israelis in L.A., because there's obviously it's like a tight-knit vulgar community yeah (laughs) with a lot of money I mean obviously again there's a million different types of Israelis in in LA but but you know what I mean and you encounter and that's another thing that I love encountering like whether on Selling Sunset or sometimes you see you know when you see like I mean obviously Maya on Selling Sunset was Israeli but but you see like it's often like contractors or like you know suddenly it's like or it was on on Million Dollar Listing. They had like some Israeli contractor. Oh, you know what? On the Disick show, um, yeah. on the Disick real estate flipping show, which I watched, <laughs> there was like an Israeli contractor that Mickey that had like a, a fairly you know prominent role. Yeah, and so um, there was a lot of arguing with like the designer. Yeah, so I'm like I feel like there really is. Um, a chance to do something here because another thing recently is that, I don't know if you read that um, Styles article about that Pilates high, high-end Pilates instructor no, uh, no. that the, a class costs. It's like all the, it's like Kendall Jenner goes to it and like Haley oh, Bieber. Oh, yes, and yes, and like,
1: yes. I saw that. You know, Kaya
2: and all of these like young models and young like TikTok stars and whatever. It's called Forma. And she mm-hmm. oh, the yeah. women. And it costs like $75 a class. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, and you have to be on a list. Like you can't right. just like, I mean, obviously beyond the fact that it's hard to find a spot like mm-hmm. on a reformer or something, you also can't just book. You you can only get access to the app where you book the thing if someone refers you. So it's like, it's like this- Raya. Like, yeah, it's like sort of the raya of exercise, raya
1: of, abs. Raya of abs,
2: and uh, and the woman who does it, it is clearly, of course, you know, I could I could tell right away that she's the daughter of like wealthy Israelis in yeah. L.A. And I, of course, immediately got on her Instagram and you know saw all of, like Israeli relatives, and um, I just feel like it's a, it's a great opportunity because it's like these people usually have like very little filter right (laughs) and they also have money and they also like like to flaunt it and they're also you know it's just like i think it's i think it's a it's it's a real thing like waiting to happen
1: there's been housewives at tel aviv right i mean well there was there
2: there was like a show that i watched uh it had like two or three seasons this was maybe in around i want to say like 20 13 or something Mm -hmm. and it was like one of those things that is probably using the the property like it's it's probably it's like adjacent they it's not called real housewives it was called like in hebrew it's a pun or it's a it has a double meaning to say like happy and wealthy like Mm -hmm. it's this kind of cool so it was called that and uh and it's, it was like essentially Real Housewives. It wasn't called Real Housewives, but they probably mm-hmm. had to pay something to use it. So it was probably similar to like Real Housewives like Melbourne or, you know, one of right. those mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. franchises yeah. that isn't like Bravo specific, right. but is like, and, um, And you know, I I enjoyed it a lot, you know, because there is a certain something, like you say, Phoebe, like when you look to see who the Jews are, there is a certain something where you see even if the people are totally different from you I have nothing in common with these Israeli housewives you know who are very wealthy and like right-wing and probably and kind of like have horrible values but it's like it is like my community in a certain way you know I I feel some sort of
1: recognize them I
2: recognize them I understand what it's about I I get the references I know what they're trying what they're going for you know um right and uh and so I I would love to see some Israeli representation on Bravo. Like Israeli expat, I mean. Yeah, uh yeah. or even not Israel of Israeli descent, like Shah's or something, but yeah. but Israelis. Um just because I would bl- live to see that.
3: Well, I don't we do not want to take like your whole afternoon. Um, <laughs> but I kind of wanna, I mean, I'm very curious just to like talk to you a little bit about like your writing career and like your kind of like you know it feels like you're you're like a pioneer of kind of compiling such kind of like a magnum opus of of uh <laughs> critical thought uh pieces about reality tv so you know it's kind of like how did that start like did the new Yorker yeah. was there a market did you create the market for that you know like
2: I mean, I think, I think certainly, you know, there, there's, there's obviously there's an enormous interest in it culturally, you know, it's, it's very popular. And I think there has been a variety of ways that people have written about it. You know, like there were like recaps, you know, I remember that Richard Lawson, you used to do like housewives recaps on Gawker, like, you mm-hmm. know, like a decade ago or something. And that was really popular. And, um, and like, eh, eh, you know, and people have, people have written about it, um, and kind of, yeah, maybe not like sort of like deep essays, I guess, but, in, right. a, in a kind of like, it's been written about a lot in a popular way on various, yeah. you know, I think on blogs most, most often, and, yeah. um, yeah, but I think it's true, um, there hasn't really been i mean i i will say that it's like for me it's like really organic like i didn't Mm -hmm. set out it was just something that interested me and um i always felt like because i was so into it right and it seemed so central to me to my experience of this era and of america in general Mm -hmm. um that you know because Okay. So not being, you know, since I'm originally from Israel and I grew up mostly in Israel Mm -hmm. and with like back and forth to the States, because my dad worked in the States, um, not all throughout, but he's a scientist. So he would go had sabbaticals and stuff like that and would go on research Mm. trips. And as a child, you know, I would go with my parents as a child and a teenager. And then, uh, in my early 20s, I moved to the States on my own, like without my parents to, to go to grad school. And, uh, and you know, and my experience, like I, what I always think and say about it is I think that my experience of America was a, 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 like a little bit like watching a reality show and mm. sort of learning mm, mm-hmm. the codes of it, I guess, mm. from a bit of a distance. I mean, even if I was right there, you know, I, I didn't feel like I could, I didn't really know, you know, or I had like these um, early experiences. Uh, you know, I, we started coming to the States when I was four. And so I had, and this was like the early eighties and I had that experience, but it, it would have a lot of gaps in it because I we would come, we would like be in the States for the summer and then we would go back, and a couple of years later, we would come again, you know, and, and there was, this was, this was pre-internet, obviously, and uh, so it was kind of fits and starts mm-hmm. um, experience of America, and when I would go to America, like, my parents would send me to, like, day camp, or whatever, it was the summer, mm-hmm. okay. and I would have to sort of, like, I knew English, you know, because I can't I came in early, and I was able to read, and write, and all of that, but because my parents were really good about like maintaining that even when I was back in Israel for years. Um, but I didn't really know the culture intimately. You know, I, I knew some things, but I didn't know like, what yeah. TV shows were you know, it, it would always take me a little bit to catch up and to catch up about, about like what the slang was and the way people were dressing and all of these things. And it was always really, really fascinating to me and like on a on a personal level, just as a person coming from outside a culture and then like experiencing that culture in front of my face, and that culture seemed like stronger and richer, not just seemed it was, you know, America at that mm-hmm. point. Obviously, America was a lot of things. But you know, it's sort of like America of the 80s, at least the facade of it was like sort of prosperous and mm-hmm. And, and uh, so from personal level, but also um, yeah, but also from the cultural, the, the kind of cult, lar- larger cultural level, I wanted to be a part of it and I knew I wasn't a part of it. So I would sort of like sit back and look and mm-hmm. observe and be kind of fascinated and then I would like sort of like, in small ways, kind of try to pass. I mean, I, I never lied about where I was from or anything right. like that, but just like I wanted to blend in like yeah. be, like in a kind of unobtrusive way and I think that kind of continued you know that's been my a- approach mm-hmm. just from like a survival mm. standpoint you know of like being a child and a teenager and then in my 20s in grad school and whatever like I would sort of like learn look at look at and observe the the customs of wherever I ended up yeah. you know
0: yeah
2: and uh and then i could kind of mim- not mimic them in the sense of like it, it, it makes me sound like i'm like the like ripley or something you know but but just you know just looking at life as if it was sort of like a show i guess in some ways
3: right. well i think it's and I think so much, i think yeah it's so observed yeah. it's so observational it's for people who like to observe i think
2: yeah and so i think the same thing animates me because obviously now i mean obviously now i'm like i feel like i'm it's hard for me to tell. I, I'm not putting anything on, like, I, I'm, i I'm just like, it's me now, you know, I've been living in America for more than 20 years. I'm like completely Americanized and it feels very, everything feels quite natural to me, you know, but that sense of like looking at something from the outside and kind of trying to figure out the rules of it or like the relationships or, and if it comes with a side of, like, as with a housewives, with a kind of, like, side of, like, flash or mm-hmm. prosperity or kind of, like, luxury, you know, opulence, mm-hmm. um, because that's the way I think. I mean, that's how I to me to myself psychologically. Like, that's the way I kind of, like, thought about America mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So the yeah. difference from, like, where I came from not yeah. that I came from poverty or anything, but but Israel right. in the '80s was very different from America in the '80s. So I, so so I think it comes. So my interest comes comes from that, and I think it also has other interests. It has to do with you know questions about femininity, like what's what it means to be a woman. Like I never felt like I was really a wo a what a woman is supposed to be. Like I never felt like not a woman. You know, I never felt but I also especially in American culture like it's so and you know everybody knows this is like you know the femininity on the housewives part of the part of the point of it is that it's like exaggerated to the point of drag almost you know so that's Mm -hmm. really fascinating to me and I feel completely outside that and so it's almost like looking at like looking and learning not in order to even like adopt it myself but just because it's fascinating you know it's like a show yeah right And so, and so all of that was always really interesting to me just on a very visceral level. Like I didn't force myself to be interested in it. It was just like, um, and so, yeah. And I think so, so that's, was always part of my, you know, kind of like my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, And when it, when it started to be I mean, you know, and just in terms of my career, it, like developed very slowly and in a weird way or not weird, but just not not in a very direct way. Like I came to the States to do a PhD in English. I tried to do that for a few years. I got my master's. I tried writing my dissertation. I, I, I didn't write my dissertation. I left, I moved to New York mm-hmm. um, and full-time. And then I just kind of, you know, I I kind of cobbled together work from a variety of places I taught like composition at NYU I taught writing at RISD I I was a fact checker at Us Weekly you know like I I did that that sort of like combination of like high and high and low stuff I guess which seemed you know pretty natural to me and um and yeah and I was you know on a more again on a more personal level I come from a family of academics that looks like way down on all that stuff you know I mean popular culture was never something that was like considered worthy of like looking at or thinking about so I think Mm -hmm. I mean and this is something that I've been discussing recently with my husband because I think like I so much of my life trying to like I mean obviously doing it in a way that is ultimately like what would be more acceptable to my parents than me ending up writing for the New Yorker you know it's like right it's like it's not like I you know I'm like a drug addict like lying by the side of the road it's like very very obviously acceptable and like highbrow and all of that but all the rest of it like the stuff that I'm interested in is like very they think it's very stupid and it is stupid just so the thing that I've been talking about with my husband is that he was like you've been so intent on rejecting the stuff that your parents would look down at you know um and like sort of prizing it and saying no this is like important this is something that should be looked at and that's all fine you know obviously but he's like but you're also sometimes like you unconsciously have adopted some of the like I mean, this is really personal, but like when he's like, the way you look at yourself, the, the way you look at your own body, the way you look at your femininity, like in some ways, of course, um, I'm totally aware of how harmful, you know, all the stereotypes yeah. of femininity that are presented in those are.
0: Right. And,
2: but in other ways, I totally accept them, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that's very, not unhealthy to the extent that I do anything bad to myself, but just in the way I talk to myself, you know? Yeah. Uh, And he's like, maybe it's time to sort of go back and like adopt some of your parents' (laughs) values and be like, this is like complete bullshit. (laughs) Right. That's (laughs) the
1: tension. I've always felt like that's the tension when you're interested in something like this. because on the one hand, you don't do it because no, no one's putting a gun to your head and saying, no, me, fry, you must write these articles about reality <laughs> yeah. television. So you have to like it
2: yeah, for a certain course.
1: reason. You have to be yeah. a fan. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, it, that, that becomes a difficult part because like, yes, there are all these aspects of it, like, there's the feminist aspect, there's like a queer aspect, there's a cultural aspect, you know, and it's someone who studies English, like there's a semiotic aspect of it. But I think that, that like, the tension is then like having all of these um, criticisms or being critical about it, but also the reason why you're critical about it is, is the baseline, you love it. Yeah. And there's there, it is a type of drug and it is something that pulls you towards it. And something that I find actually is that when I watch too much of it, I I actually start fighting with my partner more. I actually start getting into um, Mm -hmm. like, like a, why did you say that? Like I become like a little bit paranoid or I become maybe even more self-hating or I get ready for a fight because like this, this culture or these types of rhythms have like totally gone into my head.
2: Yeah 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 no it's like it's it's like i i fool myself if, if i'm thinking that i'm not affected by it uh yeah right in some ways negatively because it's like you see you know especially from i think the the feminist uh yeah saying you know it's all fine and dandy to be like you know it's sort of like choice feminism it's like yeah i'll be i'll I'll wear like seven inch heels if I want to, it's my, cho- you know, it's my choice. Right. I'm like prancing <laughs> around in like, you know, in a size zero, like mini skirt, because I'll be
1: anorexic. I'll be
2: anorexic if I want to, you know, and, and, you know, which, which is ultimately not great, you know, for, I yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be, the sort of thing of like, oh, it's like teens in the 80s were listening to like, you know, heavy metal and murdering their parents because of that. You know, obviously there are more things going on than just sort of like taking the edicts of culture that you're getting from popular texts and, you know, carrying them out. But I do think that there is something to it that I I, I need. And this is really a realization of the past week that I need to be. Because in in my haste to be not my parents and to be completely kind of accepting of this like trash and I'm saying trash with love, you know, like I I think there's a lot of extremely interesting, important things to be looked at and thought about. But it's hard for some of the values, even if you spurn them, you know, externally Mm. uh, or think, yeah, of course it's stupid to like, get a mask of plastic surgery you know you right. like look insane or like you spend like a hundred thousand dollars in your face and it's not you're never going to look young again you know what, whatever it is it sets it sets us it sets a standard that's hard to resist even if it's exaggerated you yeah. know because you're like you look at it and you're like what am I what do you mean oh yeah i I have like I didn't get it Tummy tuck after I had my child, you know what right. I mean? I yeah. do have like a belly, I am like you know growing older, I right. am like not the height of conventional femininity. you know what I mean, like what yeah. am I a man? Not that there's anything wrong with that, et cetera, et cetera, but you know what I mean? all of these but you're questions
1: not yeah, you're not
2: no, thank you. <laughs> No, no, no. But you know what I'm saying. And I think probably a lot of women experience that whatever, whoever they are, you know, I mean, unless they're like, I mean, probably even the, maybe even more than others, the women who you close closest to the ideal, you know, like models or like Instagram influencers or something that we all look at and are like, Oh, this is now, this is today's ideal woman. Right. You know, um, how much do they put themselves through? Probably a lot, you know, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, even though to the naked eye, it would appear to be completely, I mean, not natural, but at least completely self-accepting in its pursuit of this type yeah. of ideal. So- I'm even- oh, sorry, go
1: ahead. Yeah, no,
2: no. That's, that's, a, that's what I have to say.
1: No, that's incredible. I'm like, I really- I could just listen to that for for many more (laughs) weeks of self-realization. But um... no, I mean,
2: this is really, this is actually comes from a conversation literally with my husband, like a week ago after I had a meltdown, after like seeing pictures of myself or something, I'm like 46 years old. When will this end? Who knows? You know, I don't know. Who knows? But, but it's, you know, it's with us from cradle to grave, I guess, to a certain extent, but it's like, it's also, and he was like, okay, what are these, like, yeah, like, fashion is important, like, reality television is important, Um, influencers are important, you know, it's all things that we look at to inform ourselves about culture, but there has to be some way to kind of, like, um, psychologically detach from it a little bit more, or, or understand, and, you know, and it's, I think it's so interesting, also, because, like, one would think, there are like so many, there are more ways to be right now. And I, I see this, I think with my with my daughter, I mean, who knows? She's not yet, she just turned 11. So she's, no. you know, not yet a teenager. It's just start, that whole thing is like starting just more now. And of course we're in New York. So things it's not, we're not in Alabama or I don't know, somewhere more that seems more conservative or more conventional. Um, I think, I think the pressure that is now on kids is in some way, has in some ways been loosened with gender um, conforming to gender conventions and so on. I think it was, it used to be harder in my day, at least. So there is like, obviously like so many kids are non-binary now, so many, you know, there's, there's so much more acceptance at least in certain places of, of, uh, of um, a kind of fluidity or like you can do a little bit more than what you were used to with, uh, whatever, body hair, uh, you know, I mean, all of these things that were when I was growing up were like, Nazism, you know, it was like, really, like, a line was drawn very, very, uh, you know, strongly. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that with that, somehow, there is still so much and even more kind of conformism and like conventional only it's supposed to be informed by a kind of yeah I don't know if it's choice feminism or if it's a kind of like empowerment narrative or I don't know what it is it's like yeah I can do I can get a new face if I want to because it's my choice or I can like you know like wear a thong and like you know be like a size zero because that's my you know, I'm 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 more powerful than a man with that or or you know, all of those things that I think are really yeah it's a discourse that's really strong now. Um well, so
1: much of the housewives in oh sorry did I cut you off? No. So I feel like so much of the housewives um and just beyond that what we're talking about is it's but but the housewives or whatever it's a production of desire, right? And mm-hmm. I, I think it's what you want to be, or it's, it's not even you, you, it's this anonymous American consumer figure. It's who Mm -hmm. they, whoever they are want to be. Right. And I just feel like you get caught up in this production of desire that you forget the construction of it, which is, I think like, it's, it's what we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. with like, like the outsideness and the recognition. I think that that is like, it's so endlessly important or it's like the driving force of being like repulsed but also influenced as you're trying to or at least me I don't want to talk for you but just trying to figure out the construction of it right when it's like you because of course if someone's like oh like I want to get a new face and it's my choice and I'm a feminist that's such an incomplete sentence or sentiment because they want it because it's going to make them more desirable they're buying into a, uh, they're buying into a choice that's actually not a choice yeah um, but but you've been culturally convinced that yeah um, that you want to do that you that you as a figure that you're actually an individual when you're actually not really you're yeah. Completely influenced
2: yeah 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 it's it's just um yeah totally totally and it's uh and it's like what happened to feminism I don't know it's it's really you know I don't know like what what happened like weren't we here already
0: yeah
2: (laughs) in a different different guise but you know I mean I think I like why does it always end up us being feeling bad about ourselves like how does that always again I don't want to talk about for but I see my friend you know I see Yeah, enough stuff around me that I can feel pretty confident that I'm not just talking about myself you know I have friends
1: oh no you're not (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah.
2: it's a very
3: um you know I think reality tv too like has this very um this very like feminine um like construction or the people the fans are obviously a lot of times like women or or gay men and yeah you know like even the language like Phoebe and I've talked about this a little bit like even the language of like binging a tv show like binge eat mm-hmm. you know there's there's something that's very like it's and like a guilty pleasure it's it's this like it's this like wine mom you know like mommy needs her medicine yeah. like yeah Char- c- chardonnay,
2: chardonnay yeah. like yeah. you know
3: yeah. I'm gonna eat an ice cream Sunday because like you know haven't had my coffee to yet to treat myself yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. like all that all those things, you know, are very um, sort of central to the, like, culture around it, too, and and I, I feel like sometimes, you know, I, I oftentimes have to, like, as I'm sure, I wonder if you have to do this even to, like, an anonymous online uh, audience, defend your, you know, your interest totally. in it, and, totally. you know, I have it, like, with, you know, friends of friends or, par- like, older, it's oftentimes, like, older people, you know, they're kind of, like, or, like, Older family members that are like, oh, you like yeah. that? Like it's it's so it's so Trash. trashy, and it's, yeah, and it's hard to describe. But then on a and then there's a lot of people our age who do watch, it, and then there's plenty of people who don't, and there's some people that have like this total removal from it. But I do find like the guilt that I do feel when I watch it. I mean, it feels like connected to like it feels very um reflective of like the general like weirdness I feel like living in the world right now and like living in LA right now of like. I have this job where yes. I like, go into like $45 million penthouses and then on the weekends I sometimes do like homeless outreach stuff and like sure. it's like yeah and it's like it's really insane and like you know you're like yeah. you're like there's yeah. this and then there's this and then like they're flying on a private jet and like Europe is on fire like it's it's this yeah and that's like a take that a lot of people have had but uh, to me watching the watching right now feels pretty reflective of that. It's like, what, how, how can I sit here and watch this? It's like, you're, you know, the kind of like, it's kind of like the, I've been thinking a lot about memes, but like, it's kind of like the meme, like the dog sitting in fire, everything's fine. Like yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. The
3: realization or the real kind of situation of that, which is a really, um, yeah, I feel like watching reality TV right now feels... Like, watching Dubai feels like that. It's like this, like... Blitz, and, like, the Netflix shows, the sheen of Netflix of Selling Sunset is just, like... It's so... Yeah. It's so fake. And it's, yeah. like, this balm. It's weird.
2: It's real. It's really, like, of, like, you're putting on, like, a thin layer of Vaseline over everything <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah.
3: And then, I guess, last... I mean, you you are also a, um, a very you're very savvy on social media and you have a very popular, you have a very popular Twitter. You have a very popular, you have a, you have a great Instagram. And I think actually, Phoebe and I were talking about like, I mean, I just like your headlines Instagram, like where did that start? Like, because there's a few people, like Carrie O'Donnell has a similar Twitter vibe of like kind of like capturing yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. psychotic celebrity moments that like, yeah, and, and I, I'm kind of obsessed with it because it just like, it just puts it there. It's like, Just puts it there. There's no explanation, and I guess I'm just wondering, like, have you always been a Daily Mail headline hunter?
1: (laughs) Well, you're you're the co-editor. That's incredible. Like the fact checker for Us Weekly, the fact
2: checker for Us Weekly. Yeah. So I was always obviously like I love the the sort of like the whole like stars. They're just like us, you know that that whole thing. It's like they pump gas, you know. they go to the hair salon. Yeah. Um, So just, you know, the conventions of the conventions of certain publications have always been really interesting to me, you know, and, uh, like the way the New York Post writes, you know, or like, you know, how the trades say like laugher for a comedy, you know, like, or I just, I just love that. And I think that also probably stems from the fact that English isn't my first language. So I just Mm. love idioms and, you know, all of that sort of thing. And just like the, even just like the blandness of sort of like um, commercial language, I guess, or language that's trying to sell you on something is like, really interesting to me you know it's just like yeah you know because it's just ripe for spoofing or but it's also probably poison in some ways you know <laughs> well,
1: that type of language right is called copy yeah or, you know
2: yeah yeah so it's just like
1: fascinating
2: but it's like what I read on when I go to the bathroom and I look at my phone you know <laughs> and it's like yeah. it, and often when I've taken like Instagram off my phone which has happened you know or I mean twitter has been off my phone for a really long time now for like two years or something which is has been a good choice but instagram is still on my phone but sometimes i take it off just because i'm like oh my god it's too much yeah but then i just go on the daily mail more so it's it's that sort of like scrolling thing yeah where you look at certain images that drill themselves into your into your head yeah um you yeah, know yeah.
3: like a. I feel like there's a total kind of like market or like a There's a fan base for that kind of thing, like like the podcast Who Weekly posts, like just like Mm -hmm. they just like I I'm just really interested in like the effect of like because it's already there, the language is already there. I I really like the kind of like use of social media, like it almost feels like it could be it could be maybe thought of as like a bit of like on maybe an art practice, but you know like I like yeah, it's sort of
2: like found art or something. It's sort of like like, taking like you just hit the
3: retweet button, like. It's yeah. there, it's in the internet, but like you retweeting it gives it this new context. That's like very, sure. that's very funny. Yeah, 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 that's totally. very like, totally. maybe totally. says something. And, you often know? I f-
2: and often I find, and it. you know, and I think people are often like, oh, this is how I see the Daily Mail, like through your, I mean, not everyone is like me, like reading it like every day, all day, every day. So it's like for people, I think it's also just like a kind of a source to see these like crazy funny things that yeah. they wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. um yeah really well funny. nomi that was
3: so it's so nice to talk to you i don't want to take up your whole uh your
2: it was, it was super fun you guys yeah this was really this this was really fun thank you nomi have a great rest of your afternoon yes you too you guys and thanks again um, and i'll talk to you soon yeah. yeah definitely bye okay bye you guys Bye. bye.
0: Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned, my friends Elegance is learned, oh yeah
4: To Hold the door when I give them so much more than they can imagine Money rich and manners poor, never got the boys too far Money talks but I just walk when I can't stand it And the primary mistake, texting on a date If you make a lady wait she'll take a pass The lesson all should learn, even if there's cash to burn Respect yourself cause no one else can change your path To allow the men you've met to exemplify their very best behavior. When entering a room, greet everyone and soon you'll be invited and entitled to the grandeur. Your company should feel when a conversation's real, even if the topic feels like science class. You can tell where someone's been without even asking him. He's either rude or has some style and panache.
0: Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned. Oh yeah.
4: Life is all about elegance and flair and savoir faire. You don't have to be rich or famous to be unforgettable. (laughs) Haha. It's not about where you're from, it's about what you've learned.
0: Money can't pop.